everybody. My guest this week is Udo Erasmus. He is the developer of Udo's Choice. And it's a company that makes health food products, but he started with flaxseed oil. He's the first guy to put flaxseed into a bottle without denaturing it, without pesticides, without boiling it. And he got passionate about creating good oils with health in mind. He's written books on it. He's done other things like supplements for dogs, cats, and horses. And he talked about why certain oils are essential, like omega-3, an essential nutrient for the health of every cell in the body. Super interesting. And he also told me that I don't have to ever do a shot of olive oil if I don't want to. I don't know whether you've seen this on Instagram and TikTok. There's a well-known vegan doc who's espousing drinking olive oil for health. And Udo's going to tell you why that's really not a good idea. Listen in, do share if you enjoy it. I thank you so much. This is the Rebellious Wellness Over 50 podcast for women over 50 who have a lot of living yet to do, who want to enjoy the ride for as long as they can in good health and with a sense of humor, maybe a little wine. I'm Gregory Ann Cox, and I believe it's time to bust the myth that aging equals decline in every area of life. Nonsense. I would say something else, but I'll keep it clean for now. Aging happens, but it doesn't have to ruin your life. You just need to get a little rebellious in your approach. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Rebellious Wellness Over 50. Today, I have a very special guest. I must have somehow manifested this while I was sleeping. Udo Erasmus has been in my psyche for, I don't know, 30 years when I first read about his work with oils, protecting oils so that we get the best nutrition from them. And there's lots going on since then. Udo, welcome and thank you for being here. Well, thank you for having me on. Tell us about what, how did you get involved in oils? Well, after I left university and I was in biological sciences and biochemistry and genetics and psychology, and I was interested in everything that has to do with life. Hmm. You got to be not very bright if you look around the planet and you see all the wiggly and flying and creeping things and growing things and not be interested in not being entranced by it, you might say. Mm -hmm. And so I went to university. I wanted to know everything about life and living. And I was looking for something. I thought in, I might find it in biology. I thought we would end up with a beaker, a glass beaker full of life. And I, I pictured it as liquid and shining. But in biology, you don't study biology. You study form and function. The bio is missing. You don't study life in biology. And then I did psychology the same way. Psychology means study of soul. Well, you don't study soul in psychology. You study beliefs and emotions. And then if you want to go further, I didn't go there, but theology, you don't get to know God in theology. You just study theories. Mm. So that thing I was looking for, I didn't know what it was, but I knew I'd recognize it or I found it. I didn't find it in university. So after like eight years, I left, said, okay, whatever I'm looking for, this is not it. <laughs> and in the process, I traveled and messed with psychedelics for a couple of years and looking at everything. Got married, had three kids, marriage broke up. I was really upset. 
So I took a job as a pesticide sprayer. And I had that from a gardening job because I used to do quite a bit of blue collar work, uh, carpentry and drywalling and gardening and all kinds, all kinds of stuff, logging, mining. So I had this pesticide license from a previous gardening job and I was offered a full-time pesticide sprayer job and I took it because I wanted to kill something and as a pesticide sprayer, you get to kill stuff. That's (laughs) what pesticides are for. And I was really careless. I walked over lawns barefoot after I had sprayed them. Oh. And then the skin peeled off the bottom of my feet. So I thought, maybe that's a little too far. So then I wore rubber boots. But it was a summer job and I wanted to have a tan because I'm light skinned. And, you know, when you're discontent, you always want something different than what you got. So I wanted to be darker skinned. So I, I drove around on a tractor with a big tank and sprayed pesticides all over the place for all kinds of different purposes in a bathing suit wearing rubber boots. <laughs> I need a picture of that, Udo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, somebody said the only thing that's missing is the tie. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I was careless, and people even said to me, aren't you worried you're going to get poisoned? I said, nah, I'm immune. They, hmm. We call that testosterone poisoning. Hmm. It happens to young men quite a bit until they hit the first wall. <laughs> <laughs> and... Anyway, so after three years, I got poisoned. So I went to the doctor. I said, what do you have for pesticide poisoning? And she said, nothing. I'm like, wow. That's when the penny dropped. And this was in <laughs> the 70s? This was in 1980. 80s, okay. Yeah, and, and I knew that health is my responsibility. But that day, it really landed. It's like, mm. oh, my God, this is really seriously my responsibility. And then because I hadn't studied nutrition, but I, I knew biology really well. Actually, biology you learn a lot about health in biology because you're studying normal creatures in normal situations doing normal things. In medicine, you study sickness. And I took a year of medicine I left because they don't know about health. They, they do disease management. Even though mm-hmm. it's called healthcare, it's actually disease management. I mm-hmm. had a talk with the dean about it and I asked him, what is health? He said, we don't know. We're working on it. <laughs> what? That's not funny, I- but it's funny. Yeah, it's fine. It was a huge disappointment. And then we were told that a doctor should always sound as though he knows what's going on, even when he doesn't. Hmm. And on a farm, we call that lying. <laughs> and I decided, you know what, I'm not going to make my living doing that. And so I, I left. I, I left that. So then I got into, because I had the background, I got into the journals and read everything about health and nutrition, disease and nutrition. And the idea is, look, your body is made out of food plus water and air. And if something goes wrong with your body, then all you need to do is raise the standard because your body is always turning over. And in one year, 98% of the atoms in your body are removed and replaced. So your body is a major construction site. So if you raise your standard for what you bring into the body to be more in line with life and with nature, then in one year, you have ha- you will have rebuilt 98% of your body to a higher standard. Hmm. That's what that's called healing. That's why healing is possible. Because you're turning over the body. And you're not supposed to throw drugs at it, you're supposed to make sure you optimize your intake of all of the essential building blocks. 
the minerals, the vitamins, the essential amino acids, the essential fatty acids that your body can't make but has to have, so they have to be brought in from outside. And when you don't get enough of those, your health goes down, you get deficiency symptoms, they get worse with time. And if you don't get enough, long enough of any essential nutrient, you die because you have to have them. <laughs> so you have to optimize those essential building blocks if you want to have optimum health. That's just how it works. So the idea then is for healing, you need to raise your standards. That's how healing happens. And so I was looking at all of that stuff, the minerals, the vitamins, the essential amino acids from proteins. There's 42 essential nutrients. And two of those come from oils. And none of them come from carbohydrates. So carbohydrates are actually the least important food. But there's essential amino acids in proteins, essential fatty acids in oils, no essential carbohydrates. So... Carbs are good fuel if you burn them. If you don't burn them all, you're going to wear them. They turn into <laughs> fat in your body. So I call carbs undeclared fats. So, yeah. so what really got me finally was I, I saw a, a study that said omega-6, which is one of the essential fatty acids, is essential by the definition that I didn't quite finish. First is you have to have it, can't make it, got to bring it in from outside. Second is, if you don't get enough long enough, you die. Third is, if your health is going down because you're not getting enough, and before you die, you bring enough of it back into your body, then all the problems that come from not getting enough are reversed because life knows what to do. Mm. And you have responsibility only here at your mouth to make sure that optimum amounts of all the essential building blocks land in your body so life can do its job to make you a body in optimal health. It's like this is the physical part of health, right? Mm -hmm. And so one says omega-6 is essential. You have to have it. And then the very next study I read said omega-6 gives you cancer and kills you. And my head exploded. Yeah, I was here. It's like, what? You know, I have to have it and then I get cancer and it kills me. How dare you? <laughs> you <know? laughs> and it was that contradiction because I didn't make the assumption that the scientists were liars because that could also be a possibility. But I'd made the assumption they did a study. That's what they found. They did a study. That's what they found. How do you bring that together? And it was that contradiction that forced me to look deeper and that got me looking into how oils are made. And what I discovered is they, they make them for shelf life, not for health. And in order to get a long shelf life, they treat the oil with sodium hydroxide, very corrosive base, then with phosphoric acid, a very corrosive acid. Then they bleach it with bleaching clays, which makes it rancid and smell bad. And then they heat it to frying temperature in a process called deodorization. Mm-hmm. And now when that's all done, you have a colorless, odorless, tasteless oil. It's made from non-organic seeds. So you have pesticides in the oil. And part of the heating it to high temperature is to blow off some of the pesticides. But they only get out 50% of the pesticides in the oil. And it's put in plastic bottles and oils swell plastics and plastic leaches into oil quicker than into water. Hmm. 
So and and so I started finding out all of this. Then I found out, okay, so when you treat the oils like that, about a half to one percent of the molecules of the oil are damaged. And so I called the Oil Chemist Society, the, the umbrella organization for the industry, and I said, I want to talk to a scientist. They got him on the line. And I said, when you know that this does damage to the oil, why do you do it? And so he said to me, well, one of the reasons we do it is because we can get rid of 50% of the pesticides. I didn't even know there were pesticides in oils <laughs> at that point. Now I said, and of course, I've been poisoned by pesticides. So mm -hmm. my, in my head, I'm going, oh, you mean the other 50% stays in the oil? And so I asked him, well, why don't you start with organically grown seeds? Because then you don't have the problem and you don't have to fry it. And he didn't have an answer for that. So he hmm. was quiet for a long time. And then he got mad. He said, I don't know what your problem is. The oil is 99% good. It's only 1% damaged. And if you got 99% on an exam, you'd be damn happy, wouldn't you? <laughs> so now I'm backing off. I say, well, maybe I'm overreacting. It's only 1%. We had a saying in the university, when in doubt, do the math, right? When yeah. in doubt, do the yeah. math. Numbers don't lie, right? So I said, okay, I'll do the math. If I have a tablespoon of an oil that is 1% damaged, how many damaged molecules am I going to have in that oil? And there's a way to figure that out using numbers, Avogadro's number. You know, it's like the molecular weight in grams of a substance has in it 6.023 times 10, uh, a one followed by 23 zeros. Wow. That's called Avogadro's number. So and then you figure out how much weight is in a tablespoon and what is the molecular weight. And then say, okay, tablespoon is only a part of that molecular weight, 14 grams out of close to a thousand. So you, multi, you, so, you, so you take Avogadro's number and you divide that down and then you take 1% of that and then you have the number. And I found out, and I ask this all the time when I give talks, live talks, guess how many damaged molecules are in that tablespoon? 1% damage. Could not guess. Yeah, you could. A million. Okay, so good. Thank you. <laughs> would you like to know the actual number? I would like to know the real number. Okay, so a million is a one followed by six zeros, correct? Correct. Okay, so this is, number is a six followed by 19 zeros. That means your guess is 13 zeros too small. Hmm. 13 zeros is a thousand million billion trillion. So it's 10 trillion times too low. So then I say to people, listen, and, and, and the guesses are always at least a billion times too low because people don't know how, how big is a molecule, right? No, to guess no it. So say, okay, so your, your, your guess is a billion times lower than the actual number. Is that cause for pause? If I'm doing a billion times more damage to myself than I thought I was doing, Maybe I should reconsider what kind of oils I use. And, and then uh, you have to multiply that by how much oil? Yeah, yeah, then you uses. multiply it by two to four tablespoons, which is the daily. You have to add in the pesticides. You have to add in the plastic. You probably have to multiply it by three to six times for 
when you use it for frying. And then you have to multiply that by 365 for the days in the year. Or if you want to do 30 years, it's about 10,000 times. So you have to multiply it by all that. There's not enough zeros, Udo. <laughs> yeah, lucky lucky for us that zeros don't take any room, so there's as many as we want. <laughs> anyway, when I was in Ireland, I said, well, if you were to, about to get on a plane and they told you that your chance of crashing and dying on your trip on the plane was a billion times higher than you thought it was, would you get on the plane? Oh, no. And when I was in Ireland, I told them I would canoe back to Canada <laughs> if I found that out. We had a good laugh about it. But it's serious. From a health perspective, it's serious. We're doing way more damage to ourselves with these oils than we even think. Even though, you know, they're unpopular now and they say, oh, you shouldn't use seed oils and you shouldn't use omega-6s. But the problem is not the seed oils or the omega-6s. The problem is the damage that we've done to it. And in the research, they work with these damaged oils. And the results they get are blamed on the oil that should be blamed on the processing, Mm. on the damage. And that's where all the people who write about that, they haven't done their homework. So what, what happened to me when I found that out, I said, oh, my God, I can't get healthy on oils like that. We should make them with health in mind. Well, how do you make oils with health in mind? Well, they're the most sensitive of all of our essential nutrients, omega-3 and omega-6. Omega-3 is five times more sensitive than omega-6. And light, oxygen, heat damage them very rapidly. So you have to protect them from light, oxygen, and heat if you want to make them with health in mind. And you have to protect them from the time they're closed in the seed, which is very good packaging. They found flax seeds 5,000 years old and planted them and still grew. That's how good nature's packaging can be. Hmm. So from the time they're in the seed, through the pressing, the filtering, the settling, the filling, till they're in a brown glass bottle, nitrogen flushed, so there's no oxygen in there, in a box to keep all the light out completely, in the fridge because keeping them cool protects the oils. No light, oxygen, heat. You have to make a very, very tight system because light and oxygen will go everywhere through everything. So it has to be a really tight system. And I developed that tight system first, theoretically, because I I understood the issues. And then we had engineers make the parts because nobody in the oil industry uses those parts. You can't buy those parts. So we had to custom make them. Hmm. And then we started making oils with health in mind. So that was the idea is you take the most sensitive or nutrients that should get the most care that we usually give the the least care because we throw them in the frying pan and turn them into smoke. So I said, why don't we give them the care they need so that they can unfold their health benefits for us? And it's a pain to do that, but the benefits are gigantic. So found out the year after I got poisoned, it was in 1980. 1981, it was established that omega-3 is an essential nutrient by the definition. If I can't make it, got to have it. Die if you don't get enough long enough. Everything that goes wrong when you don't get enough is reversed when you bring enough back into the diet. So omega-3 is essential. Happens to be the most sensitive of all our essential nutrients. So it needs the most care, is the nightmare to work with. (laughs) And 
Every cell needs it, just like every cell needs omega-6. And 99% of the population does not get enough omega-3 for optimum health. The research now, so I, that was known then, the research now says that when you increase omega-3s in your diet, provided they're not damaged and not toxic, don't can't contain toxins, you can improve virtually every major degenerative condition of our time. Wow. And that's because they're widespread. You know, deficiencies widespread. Every cell needs them. And when you go down from optimum to less, there's consequences, right? Now, I didn't say that they're a cure for every degenerative disease. I said they improve it. And they improve it to the extent that that condition was caused by omega-3 deficiency. Because omega-3s will only reverse problems that come from omega-3 deficiency. Right. Makes sense. They won't reverse magnesium deficiency. Right. They won't reverse zinc deficiency. But anything that gets better when you drop omega-3s on it had to have been caught, you know, the improvement that you get or the problem that improves had to have been caused by not enough omega-3s. Mm-hmm. So... There's our single most widespread essential nutrient deficiency of our time. And so what we did is actually we started working with flax because flax is the richest source of omega-3s of the essential fatty acid. By the way, EPA and DHA that we get from fish oil are not essential fatty acids. Because if you get enough alpha-linolenic acid, the plant-based omega-3 that's present in flax oil, if you get enough of that in your body, in your cells, you have the genes that make the enzymes that convert alpha-linolenic acid into EPA and DHA and a whole lot of other regulatory and hormone-like and antioxidant, anti-inflammatory molecules that the body makes out of the essential fatty acids if you get enough starting material. Hmm. If you have zero alpha-linolenic acid, you will make zero conversion. And most people are deficient in omega-3. And the issue is not that the body can't convert, which you sometimes hear. The issue is you are not getting enough starting material for the body to make the conversion. And so we decided, let's bring back the omega-3s that are too low in almost everybody's diet and balance them with omega-6s because the balance between the two, they kind of work in opposition to each other. So you have to have a balance, right? Because if you get a, get the balance wrong, you know, one will crowd out the other or the other will crowd out the one. And so if we started working with that. We built the machinery, looked at the, the ratios. In fact, the ratio that we work with now came from me getting omega-6 deficient on flax seed oil because it has a lot of omega-3 and very little omega-6. Mm. And it took me about two or three months. I got dry eyes, skipped heartbeats, arthritis-like pain in my finger joints, and thin papery skin. Classic huh. omega-6 deficiency symptoms. I fixed them by eating sunflower seeds, which have lots of omega-6 but no omega-3, and then brought the balance back and said we should make a blend of oils where the ratio is made right. So we did that in the Udo's oil blend. And I know you have nine in there, omega-9. What's <clears throat> omega the Omega-9, nine? Nine, it's a tradition in the trade to call those oils omega-369 oils. Omega-9 is monounsaturated, is not 
is not essential. It's found in pretty much all oils, but it's not essential. Only okay. omega-3 and 6 are essential. And, and omega-9 will never be essential, and your body can make omega-9 out of sugar and starch, but omega-9 is in all the oils, and also a little bit of saturated fat is in all the oils. Yay. So it's called omega-369 blend, and there's also an omega-7 and an omega-5. Hmm. They are also not essential. But if you say, well, I, you only have an omega-3-6 blend, that's what we used to call it, Oh, but I found an omega-369 blend. Well, that must be more. <laughs> must be better. And it's like now it's omega-3697, and then it was omega-36975. Oh, dear. And then some people think, oh, well, that must be, like, really good. <laughs> and Udo, you know, he's half-baked. He only puts three <laughs> and six in there. <laughs> you know, and, and that's how people think, because they don't know the issues. And in marketing, there's a lot of bending of truth because you want to get people's attention you want them to buy your stuff so you tell them a story right i tell them a story well i'm going to ask you a question you can tell me a story when i go get blood work done yeah they do a vap profile cardiac and they include omega-3 and omega-6 as results on this blood panel and i'm wondering since i only take fish oil but i probably get some of those from salmon and wherever else they live eggs maybe is that not an accurate reading of my levels? Or so you're saying that not all the omega threes in the world are created equal. Yeah. Right? So, but I have a good, healthy level according to Western medicine on this blood mm. work panel. So I'm just asking you: Is it possible <laughs> that I could have a healthy level not having the optimal source yeah. for that? Yeah. You know, uh, Richard Burton got a clean bill of health from his doctor seven <laughs> days before he died of a massive heart attack. Where I really want to go with it is, first of all, the tests may not be as accurate as we're told. That's an issue, you know, and there could be interfering factors. You might have, I don't know what, I'm just totally making this up. You might have too much N-acetylcysteine in your, and that might actually change the readings on your test. It might, right? right? Or something right. else. Or So that's one issue. The second issue is your, in your tissues are different levels of omega-3s and omega-3 derivatives naturally. But they're only measuring your blood. Right. They're only measuring your plasma. And in fact, there are three tests that, that are commonly done, fatty acid profile tests, they're called, right? One is your plasma, which is your blood without the blood cells in it. Second one is blood cell membranes. And the third one is fat tissue. And when you measure those on the same day, at the same time, those three tests will give you different readings because plasma looks at what's happened in the past 24 hours. Blood cells will reflect what's happened in the past maybe three or four months. And fat tissue will reflect what's happened in the past 16 months. Hmm. So that you can get completely different. Like if, you know, if you've been eating exactly the same diet for two years, they might be pretty similar, but people change all the time. Yeah. Right. So that's another issue. And then they only give you those three well, what about your, your liver kupfer cells? 
what's normal for them. They don't know. And I, and I don't think they even know. And so what they do is they get you measurements on what's easy and convenient, mm -hmm. right? Because you take a blood sample, you can do two of those tests. One is plasma, one is red blood cells. Right. Right. But what about in your brain? Yeah, well, you don't really want to stick a needle in your brain and suck out a bit of brain tissue. We already have too little in there. <laughs> <laughs> Speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't know what's normal for your kidney, your kidney filtering cells. Mm. We don't know what's normal for your blood marrow. But you can look at all the different by spleen, lungs, stomach, heart. Is there a difference between the level in the arterial tissue and the venous tissue? I'm talking about the blood vessel tissue. Right. We don't know. I've never seen any studies done like that. So what we're doing is we're taking something super complicated and then we simplify it. And if we simplify it, that's convenient for the person who does the test for you and he gets paid for doing the test. And if the test results are wrong from nature's life's God's point of view, the doctor still gets paid. You know, if you want to be healthy, you really have to look at how was it in nature before we got civilized? Or what was nature's mandate for creatures? Nature's mandate of how to eat for creatures that eat fresh, whole, raw, organic for human beings mostly plant-based, but there, of course, there are people who will argue that. And if you do that in nature, there are all kinds of plants. They make all kinds of molecules we can't make. Microbes make molecules. That's why the microbiome is so important. And we get from them things that we depend on, that we can't depend on ourselves for. Hmm. And that's why living in line with nature and living in line with your nature is highly recommended if you want to have the best, most productive, most enjoyable life for the time that you have. Okay. All right. I'm going to ask a question because not everyone is going to give up their frying pan. We talked about this earlier. Okay. And not everyone is going to eat mostly raw mostly plant-based. So if you could make a determination, I'm not sure you can, but is there possibly a healthy choice for people that like extra virgin olive oil or walnut oil or, or peanut oil, all those terrible, right? They're in clear plastic bottles. We've already ascertained that that's no mm -hmm. good. But what about, is there something that people can use that you would say, yeah. I give that my blessing, not optimal, but it's okay. Yeah. Um, that, I call that the Russian roulette question. <laughs> because my because my job is is to tell the truth the best way I can. Yeah. And then people make choices. Of course. And the question that you're asking and everybody asks it, it's always what can I get away with? Instead of asking what do I need to incorporate to get me the longest life and the best health? That would be the good question to ask since we're talking about health, right? Yeah. But we ask Okay, I'm supposed to deal with health, but uh, can I get away with that? <laughs> but what about that? What if I just fry a little bit? What if I don't let it turn into smoke, but it's still too hot to burn my fingers if I put them in, right? I mean, so the answer goes like this. 
If you have a frying pan, and everybody has a frying pan, everybody who's going to listen to this show has a frying pan, go get the frying pan, pull it out wherever you got it, turn it upside down, hit yourself up the side <laughs> of the head with it, and throw that stupid thing out. It's because that is the most damaging thing that we have ever invented to do to our food if you're measuring it in terms of effect on health. The hmm. dumbest, dumbest thing we've ever done. And when you use oils, I cannot give you a, here's a good oil to fry with. Some people will do that. But I, I have to tell you the truth. You get to decide how, what you do with it. But I want to give you really clear information that you can base good choices on. So it goes like this. The more double bonds are in a molecule, the more chemically sensitive it is. Omega-3 has more double bonds than omega-6, which has more double bonds than monounsaturated, like olive oil. And the saturated fats have no double bonds. So that means you least want to use omega-3s for frying. Right. You get the least damage if you use hard fats for frying. So butter, coconut, so lard, lard, right? There's a few others, but so... You get the least damage, but when you put your bacon grease in the pan or your, your Crisco, a Crisco is real junk too. But if you put a hard fat in the frying pan, first of all, it melts and then it starts to cook and you hear the sound, right? And then it turns into smoke. And what you put in there, because it boils at a high temperature, water boils at 100 degrees Celsius or 200 degrees Fahrenheit. Oil boils at 160 or higher, sometimes 245 uh, Celsius, 450. So that's a much, much, much higher temperature. And when you put foods in oils or fats, you're actually burning the food. You burn the oil. So good. No, it doesn't. It does. No, it doesn't. <laughs> no, it doesn't. If you actually take that that burnt stuff. You scrape that off of food and you get a tablespoon of it and you eat it. It's, it's acrid, scratchy, and it tastes bitter and it tastes disgusting. Now, where's the taste come from? You want to burn the food. You get this awful taste. Okay, then you put some onions on there or you put some garlic in it. <laughs> then you put rosemary in there or, you know, whatever it is. But the taste always comes from the vegetables. Animal foods are kind of bland in taste in comparison to what you get from plants. Hmm. So then we burn them. The reason we like burnt food is because our mother was bamboozled by the oil industry to change from cooking in water to cooking in oil because the oil industry is only 120 years old. And they said it's more convenient and, you know, mothers are always busy and they always have way more things to do than they got time for. And they got bamboozled into doing that. So you got this burnt food with mother love. And you now have to separate the mother love and keep it because mother love is definitely a keeper. <laughs> and you need to separate it out from the bad habit that the industry that was not interested in your health, but very interested in money, bamboozled your mother into adopting. You have to forgive your mother because she didn't know better. The industry knew better, and yeah. we certainly know better now. Right. And if a whole 
fresh, whole, raw, organic is nature's mandate, then the question we should be asking is, where am I now? How far away am I from that? And what steps can I take in the direction back to fresh, whole, raw, organic? Because every step you take back in that direction, you're going to gain something in health. Just as every step you took away from that, you eventually will pay a a price in in worse health. As my friend's Italian grandmother from Sicily used to say, you can either pay the grocer or you can pay the doctor. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And I love that. Yeah, fundamentally. And yeah. and yeah, and the farmer is closer to healthcare than the doctor is. Absolutely. Right? So tell me about your, so your products, when you talked about you have the 369 blend. Yeah. Is that something that you would pour on a salad or we're not going to fry, we're not going to put them in a frying pan, but it's yeah. basically either drink it or pour it on things. Yes. No, no, don't drink it. Don't drink oil, it. Oil belongs with food. Okay. So we recommend, we recommend mix it in food. Spread your intake out over the course of the day. Because if you drink too much oil all by itself, your liver has to process oils. And if you give the liver more than it can handle, then it'll make you feel heavy, tired, or nauseous. Okay. And then if you got nauseous and you drank more oil, you would throw up. That's how your liver protects itself from your excesses. Well, I'm not going to mention this doctor's name, but he's very popular uh, as a vegan doc. And he was doing shots of oil the other day in an ad for um, health. Something. Well, there's a lot of people who recommend it, but it's stupid. Uh, and I'll tell you why Why it's stupid. One is that oils in foods enhance flavors. Yeah, that makes things better. a lot of the better. flavor molecules are all soluble. Mm-hmm. And the second one is that oils with food enhance the absorption of oil-soluble nutrients in the foods. And that's the reason why oils belong with food. And oil is never by itself in nature. Right. So it's like taking a drug. Hmm. Take, take a tablespoon per 50 pounds of body weight per day if you're in a place where there are winters. So that's the winter dose, tablespoon per 50. For me, that's about four tablespoons. Always mm-hmm. mixed in food. I don't never drink the oil. Um, uh, and in summer when it's hotter, I don't need as much to burn and to keep warm. So I use about two or two or three tablespoons a mm-hmm. day. And I've been doing it now since we started that oil in 1994. I, I do it every day. It is part of what I do every day, just like drinking water, just like breathing air, just like eating seeds and nuts, just like eating my whole foods. And I uh, turned 81 a couple of weeks ago. Wow. So the, all these people who say, oh, You know, seed oils are bad and omega-6s are bad. No, omega-6s are just as essential as omega-3s. You have to get them both in the right ratio, and they both are very easily damaged, and you need to get them in an undamaged form. And we actually built that industry. That's the industry that, that got created out of my experience with pesticide poisoning and then looking for health. We'd actually developed a method for making oils with health in mind and began an industry of oils made with health in mind. First oil was flax seed oil. The best oil is the blend because flax oil is a poorly balanced oil. So I don't recommend it anymore, but I developed it. So we now work with the blend because people also say, well, is there one thing I can do that gets me all the good stuff and none of the bad stuff? The answer to that is yes, that's what we made the blend for. And it gets complicated. 
You know, every oil, every seed has a different amount of oil in it, and every oil has a different fatty acid profile. And uh, omega threes and sixes need to be balanced. And you know, there's other properties that you need to deal with, organic and plastic and all of that. So we did all of that and basically made the the uh, what would you call it? The Lamborghini oil. Maybe that's not a good choice, but uh, <laughs> the high end made with health in mind. And mm-hmm. it takes a lot, it takes a lot of doing to do that. We keep it refrigerated in the factory, in the stores, it's refrigerated. We don't we don't do business with stores that won't refrigerate it. You keep it refrigerated at home. And if we ship it longer than two weeks, we even ship it refrigerated. So it's just like steak and ice cream. We do it for steak and ice cream, but for some reason we've never wanted to do it for oils, which are way more important for you. And then you could put them in food you can put them in hot foods, in cold foods, in uh, warm foods, but you put them in hot foods after they come off the heat source. So you can put them in hot pasta sauce. You can you can put them in on steamed veggies. I love them uh, on steamed veggies. Yeah, you can put them in oatmeal. So it goes in any food compatible with all foods. The one thing you have to be careful of, omega-3s turn on fat burning and turn off fat production in the body. But if you eat too many carbs, they block that effect. And so when you decide to take more oil as your fuel instead of carbohydrates, then you need to also lower the carbohydrates so that they don't interfere with what oils do exceptionally well if you give them the space to do it. So interesting. And people can find if they don't have a store that offers your products nearby, they can go to udoschoice.com to find the products. Yeah, that's, yeah, you could, yeah, there's the stores are there and they're basically in the, in the brown glass bottle, in a box, in the fridge, in the supplement section, in the health food stores, but you get it on Amazon, but I recommend going to the stores because I don't know about Amazon's refrigeration. They tend to not take that good care about certain things and they may not even know that they have to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And plus we want to support our local health food stores and markets. Yeah, yeah. So if you go on the website, it's it's more for information. We talk about the oil, but we also talk about digestion, which is the second most neglected area of nutrition. Oil is the first. And so we work with enzymes and probiotics uh, because when you cook foods or process foods, you destroy the enzymes and you kill the probiotics that are in and on raw foods. That'll do 60% of the digestion for you and the Probiotics actually, um, they basically regulate the rest of your microbiome. And Mm. when you lose those, then you get all kinds of problems with the other bacteria in your digestive tract. So we work with that. Yeah, I was going to say, I think we should have you back to talk about digestion. And because probiotics have become an it thing, right? Everybody's talking about probiotics, but enzymes don't get as much attention. And of course, when we cook food, they're very important. Yeah, yeah, because because when you kill the enzyme, when you destroy the enzymes, you make your immune, you, you make your digestive system do more than twice the work than it would have to do if you ate raw. And it wasn't made for that. It was made for raw foods in nature. Mm-hmm. So then it, that becomes too much for your digestive system. Then your immune system has to get involved. 
And then the immune system isn't free to go after all the other things it's supposed to do, like viruses, funguses, bacteria, cancer cells, dead cells, debris, cleanup, inflammatory proteins, and all of that. So it's not as able to do that. So you mm -hmm. take a load off your digestive system and you take a load off your immune system when you replace the enzymes that were destroyed when the foods were cooked and processed. There's just so much here to uh, talk about, and I think we should honestly come back again yeah. and we didn't even yeah. get to talk about the inside our soul inspiration creativity yeah yep. total health total uh, sexy health we didn't get to talk about that would you come back yeah. again udo oh i come back anytime you want that would be awesome you have been yeah. just so informative i just don't want to overload people so they start losing track of the important yeah. things you taught us today um so anybody listening it's udo erasmus if you want to look him up online he's on instagram and all those great places you just have to put in my first name, U-D-O. Not even a four-letter word, and I will always appear on the first page. <laughs> you mean there's a not another U-D-O in the world? Oh, no, there are some, but not many. Not as famous as you, anyway. No, I, I'm the famousest one. You're the famousest <laughs> one. Well, thank you so much for your time. It really has All been right. extraordinarily wonderful. And uh, people, I'll be back next yeah. week with another guest. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. This is oh. a good message, amplifier for good messages. Absolutely. Want to age in good health? We got to get the message out. Yep. Okay, take care, right. peeps. Hey, peeps, before you run, in case you're not 100% sure you're doing everything you can to age as well as you can, which means you'll feel better longer, you might want to check out my Age Better Lifestyle Assessment. It will give us a clear picture of where you are now and what small changes you might want or need to make to improve how you feel, how you look, and how you age. Check it out at RebelliousWellnessOver50.com in the Work With Greg section. Thanks.